25 years on the PGA Tour and a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Jay Delsing brings you his perspective on one of the world's greatest games as a professional golfer and network broadcaster. It's the game that connects the pros and the average Joes. Brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Golf with Jay Delsing is now on 101 ESPN. Good morning. Welcome to Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay Delsing. I'm here with my buddy, John Perlis. Perley, good morning. What's going on? Nothing much. Ready to roll here. We've got some uh, fun stories to tell. you got another great interview this week. Uh, another whack and chase. we got good stuff and uh, get rolling. I, I like the story segments when you and I just bat things back and forth, try to remember some of the goings on out there in the tour. Yeah, the, the show's formatted just like a round of golf. The first segment's called On the Range, and the On the Range segment is brought to you by Golf Discount. Golf Discount is where St. Louis shops for all its golf needs. Um, we got to do our social media because that's really important. Uh, look for these outlets on social media. Twitter is at Jay Delsing. Facebook is Golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf. LinkedIn is Jay Delsing. And Pearlie, you take over on the Instagram. I got it. I, hand, I got Instagram. You got it handled? Yeah. All right, cool. Instagram is? I thought you said to say Instagram. It's out. Okay. Okay. So you kind of already talked a little bit about what we have. Barney Hinkle is now the tournament director for the new Ascension Charity Classic in St. Louis. And you've known him a long time, and you played with Lon. I played with Lon, yep. I'll tell you a cool story. Listen to this. Lon Hinkle, real gentleman. He, I don't know if you recall, in the U.S. Open, they were playing at Inverness, and there was this dog leg left par five, and Lon was a bomber back then. We were still in college. Mm-hmm. And Lon could take his tee shot and cut straight across a couple holes and take this par five and make it play like driver and uh, like a six or seven wow. iron. back in that day. Yeah. Right. So he does it the first day. He does it the first day. The next day? There's a tree there. 40-foot pine put up by the USGA <laughs> overnight. That's awesome. And it was called the Hinkle Tree. And we were talking about that at the press conference the other day. And as fate would have it, who won that U.S. Open? Hale Irwin. And Hale Irwin was at the press conference. Jeez. Isn't that something? It is something. Yeah, it's really crazy. So, um, But, uh, man, Lon used to love to gamble on the golf course. Love to, you know, play for a little bit of money. And uh, what a gentleman he was. He won three tournaments on the tour. He lives in Montana now, and um, uh, yeah, just a, is that how you got to know Barney? It is. I actually knew Barney better than I knew Lon, and I was kind of Lon was kind of at the towards the end of his career when I was just uh, uh, beginning, and and then I got to play with Lon a few times, and we became close friends. It's that family. Barney is the youngest of seven kids, what's and Lon's Lon, the older brother. What, what's Lon doing? You know, uh, I'm not sure. I think he's just involved in golf in some way. It's kind of. Kind of mostly retired. They were Southern California folks. Where right? they grew up in San Diego, but Lon lives in Montana. Oh, okay. Yep. And, uh, Good for him. Good yeah, he's, he's hanging out over there. And, yeah, um, yeah so, um, so a couple of stories. All right, so this is 19, late 80s, and I'm playing at the Anheuser-Busch. Just say it's early 2000s so we don't date ourselves so much. Yeah, but people can look up on the Internet and know that there's no Anheuser-Busch going to check yeah, us. They would, then nobody checks us, right? They're just like, those guys are just yapping exactly. again. All right, so um, this will take a minute. This is a good story. So if there's a tournament I could win my rookie year, my first couple years on tour, it would have been that. 
I mean, if I had my choice right. other than a major, it would have been the Anheuser-Busch Classic because of the St. Louis relationship mm-hmm. and how special Anheuser-Busch was to just being here. It's like your left arm. So they were sponsoring the event at Kings Mill in um, Williamsburg, Virginia, also one of the hottest places on earth, no question about it. James River is right there, Pearl. I just melted. I walked down the 16th fairway. I'm not. I better not tell the story. But I was walking down the 16th fairway with Peter Jacobson one year, and we are drenched. Like someone has has just hosed us down. And he said, "I think my underwear is losing the elasticity. It's a little too heavy." I'm like, "Don't want to know. Don't tell me." Anyway, so I'm going in for my afternoon round, you know, so you get there a little early, get a little something to eat. And they had two locker rooms, an upstairs and a downstairs locker room, but they the steps were in close proximity, so you kind of, you know, and I was in the upstairs locker room. And I went to my locker to put something down, and I hear just a ruckus in the lower locker room, banging, clubs are breaking. Nobody's screaming. It's not like blood curdling, but there is something going on. So now I'm like, hmm. I wonder what's going on. Gotta go check that out. Gotta go check that out, right? (laughs) So I just kind of mosey around, and I see Billy Kratzer cleaning out his locker. Now it's an odd time. The second round's not finished, and he was obviously early on Friday. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not going anywhere near him personally because he always had ran was able to run a little warm. I wasn't going near him, so. You're saying he shouldn't have been done with the round at this no, point. No, the, the rounds are still playing no. because I was one of the first off in the afternoon, and I'm coming just to get some lunch right. and then I get a little workout in. So I'm, I'm coming there quite early. And I'm thinking, this is so odd. And he is pissed. And he is, you know, under his breath and banging and clubs are breaking and stuff's getting thrown away. So I can't wait to find out what's happened. So I just go grab some lunch, you know, and wait. He's gone and come back. And Billy's a friend. He's, it would be awesome to have him on the show telling the story. So I said to the guys, what happened? And they're like, well, you're not going to believe this. He ran out of golf balls. I said, what are you talking about? He's on the, in the middle of the golf course, and he ran out of golf balls. And I, I said, it's impossible. So we had to get more of the, the details of the story. So Billy's cat, longtime caddy spider, was getting for him, and Billy walks up and hands him a dozen balls. And they go to the range, practicing and whatnot, get on the golf course. This is back in the Bellotta days. So you look at those Bellotta balls, and they, they scuff, and you take them out. You could easily run through a dozen balls yep, in a day, all right? So Billy hits his drive in the fairway bunker on number one, hits it a little thin out of there. That ball's out of play, mm-hmm. all right? Goes to number two, plays along number three, gets to number five, par three, and there's a little water hazard to the right, and he hits it in the hazard. Okay. That ball's wet, gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, gives another ball. They go down number six, go to number seven's a par five, and there's a cart path along the right side. There's a boundary line around the right side. And Billy is hot because he's not playing very well. He's already gone through two balls. And he smashes one down there, and it hits on this cart path three or four times. It goes way down on the green. And he knocks the thing on in two. And he gets up there, and that ballata is chewed in three different spots. And he says to the guys, i got to take this ball out of play, marks his ball, tells his playing competitors, right, and throws the ball in the hazard. Okay? And he says to uh, Spider, give me another ball. And Spider walks away. And Billy says, Spider, did you hear what I said? You're making me nervous with this story as a caddy. I know. Well, he didn't didn't lose his golf bag, (laughs) but he did lose some of his equipment. And he says, Spider, 
And Spider turns around. And he says, I said, give me another golf ball. And Spider doesn't make any gesture. He's just standing there. And Billy comes over to him and gets real and tight and says, Spider, if you don't give me another so-and-so golf ball, I am going to whoop your ass. And Spider says, Boss, we don't have any. And he says, Spider, two hours ago, I just handed you 12 golf balls. I've gone through three. Give me a golf ball. Boss, I sold them. Bag was getting too heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He sold them because the bag was getting too heavy. Now, so check this out. If you and I are playing together and I'm playing a Titleist and you're playing a Titleist, I can borrow balls from you. Guess what kind of ball Billy used to play back in the day? Not one that somebody else in the group had, apparently. Spalding Tour Edition. Oh, wow. Do you remember I, those I remember balls? that old episode yep, with Norman, you and Spalding yep, Tour Edition. Yep. Yeah. Spalding Tour Edition. Wow. He's playing with two guys with Titleist? He's no done. golf balls. I didn't even know you could borrow one, by the way. You can do that. You can yeah. definitely do that. You know what? I'm going to have to tell the rest of this story uh, on our on our next segment. Uh, well, I'll, l- let me just finish parts of it. Because... So the walk back to No, he's on the he's in the middle of the golf course. He's on the seventh green and he's got to walk back. Good would you want to be spider? No. Oh boy. I would have walked the other direction probably. Oh man. Nothing good's gonna come of that walk. Took a beating. Just a verbal barrage of things that you could imagine were said. And um then I see Billy in in the locker room and he's doing his thing, and it's not pretty. And and uh, so that's where I came in. And then there's a, a couple other parts of the story. Okay? So, car gets, uh, clubs get put in the car straight away. And then Billy goes to clean. He's like, he doesn't want to have anything to do with Spider. Spider says, are you going to pay me? Oh, really? Oh, boy. Of course. Now, is that is that no brains at all or is that just gutsy? Well, he probably needs money to get to the next week. Would be a possibility. However, that what just transpired. Anyway, I know. I know. Kratzer does not say one word to him and walks away. Okay, so he cleans out his locker room. Now there's a deal on the tour, where if you stiff the locker room attendant, the tour officials will come up to you mm. and say the next week and say, "Dude, you know, this guy's a hundred dollars." Yeah. Whatever. If you have a trouble with your caddy, so the tour officials have that. Ability to come Did up. They? Yep. Yep. I know, so, I know where I should have turned on a couple Right. Cars. When you had trouble with me paying you. Pay? Anyway, Billy's walking out to his car, and he is running at 110 right now. And there's a, a, a tour official. His name's Frank Cavanaugh. You know who he is. I used to call him Dr. No because every time I'd, I'd um, ask for a ruling, he'd go, no. He doesn't even know what it is. He'd walk up and go, no. Like, dude, you don't even know what I'm going to ask you. No. Anyway, he goes to he goes, "Hey Billy. Hey, um I just talked to Spider and Billy went like this. He put his hand right up in Frank's face and said, "Frank, if you bring his name up or say anything to me right now about what just happened, I'm going to whip your ass." 
He's going to whoop everybody out there. And Billy got in his car and drove away. And uh, I was doing uh, working for PGA Tour Live two years ago out in L.A. with Billy. And I said, went out and had dinner. And I said, please, please tell me that story. And he is so much better at it than I am. And it was just the wonderful. Sp- the spider ever caddy for him in the future? I didn't ask that, but I'm not sure. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the uh, On the Range segment. Um, come back. We're going to jump on the front nine. We got a great interview with the tournament director, Barney Hinkle, of the new um, Ascension Charity Golf Classic, uh, Ascension Charity Classic. Uh, we got a whack and chase. Uh, yeah, so come back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Quick note we just got a call from our friend Joe Sheezer at USA Mortgage. He said the rates are still below 4%. And if you mention Golf with Jay Delsing, he'll give you a discount on your closing costs. Please call him today at 314-628-2015. Do you folks know about a family-owned and operated jewelry business that's been in the St. Louis area since 1946? If you haven't heard the name Sutley before, well, you have now. They are the premier Hearts on Fire dealer in the metropolitan region and have been for more than 21 years. What's a Hearts on Fire diamond, you ask? It is the world's most perfectly cut diamond. The Sutleys are knowledgeable and passionate about your jewelry needs and are open six days a week. They will treat you like family and want to understand your wishes and desires. Their business thrives on developing personal relationships with you. Sutleys also strive to stay on top of the latest trends in fashion with amazing selection of designer jewelry from famous designers like Lagos, Zengani, Simon G., just to name a few. It's all done at Sutley. Sully's is on the cutting edge of the diamond business, featuring the lab-grown diamonds that can cost 30 to 40% less than a mined diamond. Whether it's a hearts on fire, designer or custom jewelry, or even the new and innovative lab-grown diamonds, let Sutley Jewelers take care of all your jewelry needs. I have known this family for 45 years. Go in and see Gary. Ask for Gus. Ask for Laura. It's a family business, and they are terrific people. They're located in the Lamp and Lantern Village on Clayton Road, just west of Highway 141 in Town and Country. You can also visit them at saettele.com. Sunday equals football and pizza. My choice for pizza is P.W. Pizza in Lafayette Square. You've got to try their signature pies, and the wings are to die for. You need something a little more formal? Well, head over to their sister restaurant, Hamilton's Urban Steakhouse and Bourbon Bar. I didn't even get to the steakhouse portion. The bourbons are fantastic. Their selection and the dry-aged steaks, wow. When you go, be sure to tell them that Jay Delsing sent you, and you'll get 10% off your order. Visit their websites at pwpizza.com and hamiltonsteak.com. Doster, Olam, and Boyle LLC are a proud sponsor of Golf with Jay Delsing here on 101 ESPN. The firm was started in January 2015 by Mike Doster, Jess Olam, and John Boyle, three veterans of the St. Louis real estate, banking, commercial, and corporate legal landscape. The firm was founded on the shared view that success should be measured by client and community satisfaction, not profits for partner. The firm's focus is on business, real estate, corporate finance and restructuring, and succession planning. 
Since its founding in 2015, Doster, Olam, and Boyle have been involved in real estate, business, and corporate transactions with a combined value in excess of over $1 billion. For decades, Doster, Olam, and Boyle lawyers have been recognized as leaders in their practice areas by their peers. Doster, Olam, and Boyle, LLC. Extraordinary talent, ordinary people. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. I've known the proprietor of Pino Italian Soul Food, Pepe, for a long time. His place is at 7600 Wydown Avenue in a sweet little part of Clayton called the Moorlands. He likes to refer to his place as a neighborhood spot, and it is. All of their food is consciously raised. All of their breads, pastas, and desserts are handmade on the spot. The food is created with a Calabria region of Italy in mind, which is he refers to as the Creole of Italy, with influence from Greece, Northern Africa, and the Mediterranean. What do you need to know about Pinos? They want their customer and their experience to be fabulous. It's not about the chef. It's not about the ego or any of that other stuff. It's about a neighborhood place with great food. Go on and visit Pino Italian Soul Food today. Golf Discount is where St. Louis has shopped for its golf equipment since 1976. Golf Discount has been and still is locally owned. They employ the most experienced staff you'll find anywhere. There are two locations, one in South County just off of Lee May Ferry and one in O'Fallon at Highways K and N. Golf Discount fits your custom equipment to your swing using the -the state-of-the-art GC Quad Launch Monitor. This ensures that perfect fit that you're looking for. Go to Golf Discount for all your golfing needs. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. You can find Jay online at jdelsinggolf.com. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. Got my buddy John with me, and we are going to the front nine. Um, I want to thank the folks at Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring this golf show, Golf with Jay Delsing. There's 90 holes at Whitmore. There's complimentary golf at the Whitaker courses, which are the Missouri Bluffs, Links to Dardeen, the Golf Club of Wentzville, and all the card fees are included in that membership. Um, man, they are family-friendly and anything that you could think of that you might need for your family to do with your family, they have out at Whitmore. There's um, junior golf, junior tennis, swim teams available. Uh, Bummer, who is just terrific, and, and the staff in the golf shop, they run all sorts of golf league, skins games, members tournaments, couples events all year round. Um, there's uh, no food or beverage minimums and no assessments at Whitmore. There's a 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex. Anything and everything you would want in a country club, you can find at Whitmore. Visit them at WhitmoreGolf.com. All right, so we're back on the front nine, and uh, we just told a Billy Kratzard story, running out of golf balls. Have you ever come close to running out of a golf ball? Running out of golf balls. We told that story, uh, 18th hole at uh, North Ranch in college when you were throwing them back to me. I think I did run out, and I was using yours, so I should remember that um, the other player can borrow from another player. But, yeah, that's when I made a 14, and that was the first hole my dad had ever seen me play uh, in uh, in college golf. So, oh, man. yeah, actually, I do remember. Thanks for bringing that up. I do remember running out of golf How'd you holes. feel? Feel pretty good? <sighs> I'll tell you what, that, that was 
the hardest part about that is I, I had to tee off 15 minutes later and play another 18 because that was one of those things. And you brought holes. it on home, by the way. And I played great after yep. that. I, I played good all day long yep. except for that 14 on that hole. That that yep. 10 hurts most college rounds. I'm still not over the fact that you got pissed off at me because I couldn't throw it back there for like the fourth <laughs> well, I time. thought the son of a great baseball player, you'd be, hit, you'd be able to throw <laughs> the damn thing on the tee. Yeah, thank God I didn't have to hit it on the tee. You'd have been looking for <laughs> balls, too. Um, so... I was just looking at the tour schedule, and I saw the Houston Open is being played this time of year. And I thought, man, it was so odd because they used to play that event the week before the Masters for, for so many years. And they played um, a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. 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 And what's interesting about that, Pearl, is um, it's got to be so hard for these tournaments when they get shuffled around a little bit. You know, because let's be honest, you got the majors, and that's the top of the heap. And then you have the World Golf Championships. And then you have Jack's tournament, Arnold's tournament, which are invitationals, and um, Colonial. So you basically have this tier system, and, and the tour is doing a really good job of of trying to make these guys feel special. But it's got to be difficult um, when it comes to... Um, your field, you know, because, you know, basically what we're doing with the wraparound is we're trying to have a a 12-month calendar schedule. Right. You know, and, you know, certain guys just aren't going to play at certain times of the year. So is the week before Augusta better than this time of this fall time of year for Houston, you know, because again, a lot of guys don't play the week. The, right. the top top guys. A lot don't. of guys. A lot of guys don't. Most guys do. There's still a lot um, of build up because it yeah. is the week before. People are into it. They're right. into golf that time of year. So there's a lot of those real positives. Right. But also the golf course was in a very different condition uh, this time of of year, and the guys seemed to like it. Right. Well, and what was interesting is that they kind of sold the Houston tournament as being kind of Masters ish. You know, mm. perfect greens, big down there in humble Texas, but um, now they play the Texas Open, which has done wonders for San Antonio, and they deserve it. They have been a great golf partner for years and years, and um, uh, not only that, I've had some coolest golf experiences down in um, um, San Antonio. I've emceed a couple of events for Faraday when he couldn't make it, and for his Wounded Warrior Foundation and the Troops First Foundation. And, you know, there's all these uh, hospitals down there, Pearl, that are so um, wounded warrior specific, mm-hmm. so to speak, where they have great rehab facilities and they really do some neat things. I haven't spent much time down there. I was down there with you one time yeah. and one other time for business. Uh, neat town, neat area, and a lot of good golf courses in that area. Really, really grown a lot. About a month or so ago, we had a a deal on where we were talking about extremes, and we were talking about they found a 400-pound wild boar on a golf course just like 30 minutes out of town. You'd have handled that. That's a bit much. Yeah. That's a bit much. Yeah, with my new new archery and my new uh, bow, I think I would have put that down and run as fast as I could the other direction. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good idea. Um all right, I need to talk about the Dean Team Automotive Group. Um, we're, we are doing a fine drive with Jay. I will tell you this, one of my best drives I ever hit, the, the only drive I can think of that would be good enough to be talked about with the Dean Team Automotive Group, the drive I hit on Sunday at Memphis when I was a shot out of the lead. I was determined to hit a driver there. I'd never hit a driver there before or since, and I smashed it right down the middle. 
which is what the Dean Team Automotive Group does. A lot of dealers say they have every anything you want. These guys do. They've got um, Volkswagens, Subarus, Hyundais, Genesis, Volvo. They've got over a thousand pre-owned cars. I'm actually looking for a car for JoJo, my daughter. She just turned 16, so we're going to go uh, down there and we're going to look and get her something safe with some miles on it and uh, turn her loose. Absolutely. Stay you off the sidewalk. Truck. Stay, the, drive, stay off the sidewalk. my truck. It's safe with a lot of miles on it. You probably didn't know the Dean team had a golf cart division. I didn't. It's pretty cool. They can uh, customize those golf carts. They're street legal. They uh, can go fast. They got some good tunes. Probably could go faster than your truck. Maybe you should get her a golf cart. See how that how that rings your bell. Yeah, let's see if we can do that. But my favorite part is the Dean team Autosports. Uh, man, they've got amazing Bugattis, Bentleys, Ferraris, Maseratis, Lamborghinis, all these cars. They've got a they've got a Spider nine eighteen Porsche over there for one point five million dollars. They have almost ten million dollars worth of cars on that on that uh, on those lots. So um, man, if you need a luxury car, there is no place in town you don't want you want to go except Dean Team Automotive. Um, they have five locations. They're all on Manchester Road. The Volkswagen, Subaru, and Hyundai are in Baldwin. They have a second uh, Volkswagen location in Kirkwood. This cool new Volvo dealership is just about open in Maplewood. So you got to check them out. Go to DeanTeam.com and tell them Jay Delsing sent you, and uh, they'll sell you a car. Love it. So, Pearly, we got a tournament coming to St. Louis. we got a new MLS team coming to St. Louis. The Blues won the Stanley Cup. Man, great stuff in this town right now. If you're a sportsman, you got to love it. You absolutely got to love it. It's only getting better and better, it seems like. Yep. Fantastic. Well, that's going to wrap up the front nine. Man, this show is just flying by. Um, This is Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Come back. We've got an interview with Barney Hinkle. He's the new tournament director of the Ascension um, Charity Classic at Norwood. Uh, we got an episode of Whack and Chase, and um, yeah, come back for that. Well, here's another segment um, that I like to call the Edge, and I'm I'm with the uh, proprietor of the Pino Italian Soul Food. I love the name, Pepe. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, how long have you been a chef? So I've been cooking since I've been a young, young, six, seven years old. I'm the youngest in the family, and just my mom. I cooked with her. My, we all had jobs in our family, and Growing up in our house, that was my job to help my mom. So, long time. Right, that's that's great. We try not to uh, uh, age ourselves on the well, show, but John and I aren't as smart as you are. That was a good answer. Um, one of the things, you know, going over some of this stuff, we're, we're all looking for this edge, this thing that moves our needle. Mm-hmm. And in the restaurant business, I mean, is there anything more competitive? I mean, there's restaurants. Certain, I, I've been to towns where there's a restaurant on every corner. But one of the things that dawned on me here that you guys do that's really interesting is you collaborate with one another. Mm-hmm. You talk to your their competitors, actually. Well, I think there's some in competitive talking and then looking at other styles and learning from other chefs and um, taking traditional stuff and flipping it a little bit, you know, from my own kind of mind and, and hands. But uh, it, it is a sharing if you will. I mean, I guess we're always looking at other people's styles to to get better, of course. What is Italian soul food? So, our area is Calabria region, southernmost tip of Italy, and its uh neighbors are Sardinia, um out in the ocean, little island, and Sicily. 
So I like to call that cur- the Creole of Italy. So our oh. area is the poorest region in Italy, and we use every part of every animal and every agricultural product there is. Well, and that's kind of the truth, isn't it? If somebody, you, you didn't put anything to waste. No. We never throw anything away in our kitchen, basically. Um, everything's pretty much used, 99% of the stuff. And that's kind of how we grew up, too. So, so Pepe, when someone goes into, um, you like to call it a neighborhood spot, which I love because mm-hmm. it really is, they're going to know how important food is to you, aren't they? I think so, and I hope that, you know, we're not like a downtown Clayton restaurant, if you know Clayton in St. Louis. Uh, We're more of a neighborhood, and I believe that you have to be community, and you have to be community forward, and if you take care of the neighborhood, the neighborhood takes care of you, and that's our whole focus on our restaurant is to teach and educate our employees and to teach and educate our community about who we are and what we do, And, um, and it works for us. It's, that's phenomenal. When we talked about this, we were talking, you kept mentioning a couple of things, you know, good quality food. Um, you guys are conscious, all your food is consciously raised. It's it's touched by all your hands. It's homemade this is and homemade that's. And both the community and the food and all this is tied in to your whole way of thinking of what a restaurant should be? Well, I think, you know, when we talk about the competitive edge or the edge, I think that when you internalize something, whatever it is, sport or cooking or creating clothes, I think you really have to bring, like, your internal spirit into the situation and really kind of understand what you have in front of you, visualize it, and then put it together. So, you know, kind of like plan your work, work your plan, your plan will work. And it's really, it has taken me a minute to be able to understand that. Because like I said before, I think that there's, especially in the restaurant business, there's a lot of unfocus. And I, this restaurant is kind of like the land of misfit toys. (laughs) And I love it because the universe sends me all misfits because it knows I'm a misfit and we just work together and we get that championship nights going. And when it's on, it's on. And when it's off, it's off. And, you know, there's days that, you know, we don't have those exact days. And, and you know, that's just life. So we just try to keep on going and perfect what we do. Folks, you got to get down to, to Pino Italian Soul Food 7600, Wydown Avenue in Clayton. That's it. Thanks, buddy. All right, Jay. After 25 years on the PGA Tour, Jay Delsing takes you behind the scenes from the eyes of a pro. Now back to more golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got my buddy John here. We are going to the back nine, and we are going straight to this interview with Barney Hingle. But not before I tell you a little bit about Barney. Barney had, first of all, he comes from a huge sports family, okay? He's the youngest of seven kids. He worked for the PGA Tour. Then he came to St. Louis, had an unbelievable job in sports marketing for Anheuser-Busch. And uh, he's been doing some uh, – he was the um, athletic director at Fort Lewis College. He's had just – he had to write a couple books. He has just had some great great experiences and some some great stuff. So let's get get on with the uh, interview with Barney Hinkle. I hate to think about how old we're getting because you and I have known each other for over 30 years. Yeah, Jay, and you know what an honor it's been to, to to know you all these years. I remember when I first moved to St. Louis after I came up here after working with the PGA Tour, Mark Russell said, Barn, 
there's a guy in St. Louis you need to get to know, Jake Delsing, man. He's just this great guy from St. Louis. You're in St. Louis. He's in St. Louis. You guys need to get to know each other. And uh, thank goodness, you know, we did. And it's been a, a wonderful relationship that I truly appreciate. You know, Barton, I do too. And, um, man, we've got so much to talk about, so much exciting news about this tournament. But let's give the listeners some background on you. You come from, uh, grew up in San Diego from a really large family. And sports was a huge part of your life, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, my dad, um, who was a professor at San Diego State University English Literature, um, he was that dad who kind of drove everybody around Southern California playing in golf tournaments. And I was the youngest of seven kids. I think kind of an afterthought because they had three boys and three girls and then me. But anyways, my three older brothers were just incredible golfers. And he drove them all over Southern California. And, uh, you know, they ended up being really, really good junior golfers. And then one of them, Lon, uh, my brother, ended up being a PGA Tour professional for 23 years and, and was fortunate to win, uh, you know, three tournaments on the PGA Tour. So Got to interject, uh, pardon, one of the true gentlemen that I got to play with Lon and got to know him and our relationship helped you know, me get in with him, but what a great guy. Yeah. Alana has been a great big brother my whole life. No doubt about it. And, you know, I've had, uh, I've had this wonderful career in sports and entertainment marketing, but specifically with uh, regard to golf and everywhere I've gone, when it comes across that, Oh, you're Lon's brother uh, has always been a real positive because Lon's just, he's a good guy and he was a pretty good golfer too. Yeah, I'll say the win out on the PGA Tour is uh, is pretty incredible. So, Barton, you played some college basketball, and you could uh, you could shoot the the three a little bit. Yeah, yeah. When I played, this is kind of going to really age us here, Jay. But, there was no uh, three. Played, yeah, what's that? <laughs> there was no three. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I ended up all-time leading scorer at my school, which was uh, an NCAA Division II school, Fort Lewis College in Durango, Colorado. And it was before the three-point line. And then I got to go to Australia because, well, they invited me to go play in Australia. And when I went over there and they had a three-point line for the first time in my life, I averaged like 24 points a game. And it's the first time in my life I ever backed up. (laughs) But it was, really? You know, if I back up a step, I get three instead of trying to move forward. And, you know, and, and it, man, it was fun. Oh, my gosh. That I was can't, a long time ago. I know. And I can't imagine. I mean, we, we work, we'll talk a little bit how the game of golf's changed. But, man, the game of basketball has just gone leaps and bounds. Yeah, no kidding. So, Barton, then you started your career and you started working for the PGA Tour. Yeah. You know, after uh, I came back from Australia, I kind of was working uh, in Colorado trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. And thank goodness I found my uh, true passion in life, which was the business aspects of sports. And that was about 1984. And I, um, you know, researched and uncovered this school, the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, Massachusetts, that had a master's degree, specifically what I was interested in, which was the business aspects of sports and sports marketing. So, I applied, got accepted, um, you know, busted my tail for a year. And the requirement in order to get my master's is you needed an internship. And through my brother, Lon, I was able to access uh, the PGA Tour. And I got an internship with the PGA Tour that started after grad school. And, uh, you know, I went down there and with a, with a purposeful intention to try to get a job. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I was an intern with the PGA Tour, and my goal was to make them glad they hired me, make them glad they didn't hire that other person they were thinking of. But most importantly, when it came time to let me go and be done with me as a three-month intern, which was the final requirement for my master's, I wanted them to go, well, who's going to do all this stuff that Barney's doing? And it worked. Uh, they extended my internship once. They extended it twice. And then finally, on the third time, they said, well, what are you doing? Do you want to work here? And I'm like, uh, duh, you know, no kidding. <laughs> this is exactly what I want to do. So, um, you know, that, that was the beginning of my career in sports and entertainment marketing. And, and uh, you know, and then it went on from there. Fortunately, I got to come up here to St. Louis. Uh, got this great job uh, working in the sports marketing department for Anheuser-Busch. So, you know, I mean, and, and, and it was primarily to focus on, uh, their golf programs. And thankfully over time, um, I did, a, I did a good job in the golf area. So I got to get involved in all the other sports and that was what my career was for the next 22 years, managing the, 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 the sports and entertainment, which was, you know, NFL, major league baseball, NBA, PGA tour, action sports. It was just an awesome, awesome job that allowed me to meet a lot of people and establish a lot of great relationships. Very thankful. Yeah, that's a great career, Barn. And now we're going to fast forward to today. I mean, on Tuesday of this last week, we just introduced a four-year Champions Tour event, the Ascension Charity Classic at Norwood Hills. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. I mean, to have a, a company um, as, as strong as Ascension and um, that has philanthropy as, you know, one of their primary objectives um, for all of St. Louis, but also and specifically in North County, um, to have them focused uh, on golf and wanting to uh, create legacies and improve our community uh, we are all really, truly fortunate. And it's golf, it's sports, it's St. Louis. We all know what that means. People support their sports in St. Louis. And I really am very, very optimistic um, that this community is going to embrace this event and support it like only St. Louisans can and do. Well, Barney, it's interesting because there's a couple of things, you know, you think about golf. Why should the city be so, uh, specifically the North County? I grew up in North County. Why should the this, this city be so excited about golf? Golf has always been looked at as a rich kid sport and all this stuff, and you and I are walking examples of that not being true. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, golf is a unique sport, as you know, Jay, it's been your career. You know, you're a, a member of the PGA tour for, I don't know, 20, 25 years, maybe even 30. <laughs> but the unique element to golf is that it supports charity. That's its driving force. Every single PGA tour champions event, PGA tour event, corn Ferry tour event, they're all dedicated to raising money for local and regional and national charities. And as we'd mentioned in the press conference the other day, you know, the PGA tour has contributed $3 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars to charities throughout their history, which is more than NFL, 
NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, all other sports, major sports combined, which is kind of the, it seems like it's their secret. Nobody really knows that. The world needs to know that. And this event will be integral in helping further that. Barney, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of the things that I'm most proud of. I mean, it's, it was kind of a, to be honest, just an add-on for me because I didn't realize how charitable, you know, the game was. But I'm, I, I, as I sit here talking to you this morning, I mean, I couldn't be more proud of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That's the foundation of what Ascension does. <laughs> you know? I mean, you talk about a perfect fit. That's it. Yeah, and and this 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 North County area in St. Louis has been beaten up um, for years and years, and um, it was so great to see all of those uh, specific charities be at the the press conference, and to know that this area that I grew up in that's that's got some some challenges, no doubt, but it's not nearly as as brutal as it's been made out in the national media. That's going to directly benefit from this 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 championship. Yeah, well, when the whole when the whole concept of bringing professional golf back to St. Louis uh, was initiated with between Ascension and the PGA Tour in their discussions, it was always very, very intentional and very purposeful that um, you know North County, St. Louis, be um, the beneficiary of the efforts of this golf tournament, and that's very intentional from from Ascension's point of view. Um, that's one of the main reasons we're here at Norwood Hills Country Club. This beautiful, beautiful golf course here off of Lucas and Hunt and I-70. It's just a beautiful, beautiful place. And pe- we want people to see it, experience it, enjoy it. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, Barney, in, they held the, in 1948, they held the, um, the PGA Championship there, and it was won by Ben Hogan. I mean, it was, you know, there's there's been uh, – uh, PGA Tour events held there, St. Louis Classic in the early 70s. I think Gene Littler won one year and Lee Trevino won another year. And so there's actually a really uh, neat history involved here at Norwood. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. When I you know, told my brother Lon that I was, uh, 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 I was getting this job as the tournament director for the Ascension Charity Classic and we're playing at Norwood Hills, he got to thinking, he says, you know, Barn, I remember. I remember hitchhiking from Evansville, Indiana, because he was a young professional at that time in 1973, and 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 getting to St. Louis, and then and then driving through the gates to this unbelievable place in this historic-looking clubhouse. And he says, "Is that is that where your tournament's going to be?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's it, Lon." And you know, there's plaques around here with Ben Hogan and <laughs> Tom Watson, and that's where Tom Watson and Bruce Edwards, his caddy, they met here in the 1973 uh, St. Louis Open. I mean, there's just a ton of history with this magnificent place. We had Tom back in town. Uh, I hosted a little fireside chat with him and a little charity thing and raised, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for ALS in, in one day. And it a was all in... A couple hundred thousand dollars. That, how cool is isn't that? Isn't that something? And it's, and it's all, you know, because of that relationship he had with Bruce. And unfortunately for Bruce, that that horrible disease, you know, took him away much too early, but that's what golf does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that's one of the things, many things that's really cool about you and your fellow, you know, PGA tour champions professionals is that you all support each other. 
You know, Billy Andrade was here the other day announcing this event. Well, he and Brad Faxon have had their CVS charity event that started out as just a, you know, a, a kind of a, a relatively small charitable event. And now it's raised, I think he said they've raised over the years like $24 million. And Barney, I played in that event, and it's just unbelievable to watch it grow. Yeah. It's, it's on television now. It's, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and people are having a great time, and it's, and it's about community, isn't it? It's, it's the community getting around these events, enjoying themselves, and knowing that these efforts are going to stay here and make the place that they love better. Right, right, yeah. And that, that happens, fortunately, it happens kind of all over the country, you know, um, with the way that, that uh, golfers just support each other's, um, you know, passions. It's what, it's what Billy and, and uh, Brad uh, up in New England, you know, that happened to be their passion. And then they, I'm sure they found that great sponsor, CVS, and then it just went from there and there and there. And, and $24 million later, you know, they're still running strong. And then Billy, you know, he comes out and hell, Irwin, they just out of, out of the goodness of their heart, they come here to St. Louis and help us announce this this uh, PGA Tour Champions event. And you know that's just how the how well you should be proud of it. But how you golfers have, have kind of that's how you all roll. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, Barn. I had the opportunity to interview Mr. Palmer Arnold Palmer about a month or so before he passed away. And when I was prepping for, yeah, just that saying that gives me goosebumps still. But when I was prepping for his interview and I went down, you know, I Googled his accomplishments, it was jaw dropping. I mean, here's a guy that's, he's, he's built three children's hospitals. What? I mean, we are talking hundreds of millions of dollars. He's, he's had one of the most successful tournaments on the PGA tour for 39 years He's got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He's won all of his majors and, and you know, 60-some-odd championships. And, and you know, one of the founding fathers of our game. And, and um, man, I, I, I just, I'm so grateful that I somehow fell into golf. Yeah, well, as you should be. You know, when, when I was started at the PGA Tour back in, it was, you know, in 1986, they were just forming the marketing department of the PGA tour and they were figuring out that collectively their assets, Jack Nicholas, Gary player, Arnold Palmer, Lee Trevino, they were all figuring out that their assets combined for the greater good of golf was, was, was better than them going out and trying to get their own deals. And they got together and probably, you know, they probably turned down, uh, a lot of money for themselves in order to make the PGA tour a strong, stronger member organization for all golfers to come after them. And, and you, you know, you were a beneficiary of that unselfishness of those, of those gentlemen, those guys who did that. And they did it with a vision in mind. I'm not sure they even in their wildest dreams uh, contemplated how successful that model would be. But if it wasn't for them, if they were, money hung, hungry grabbers for themselves that whole model may not have ever had a chance to you know set sail 
and those guys, those bastions of the tour, you know, are so gracious with their time, and they were back then, and um, it's it's just amazing. We could go on and on, but one of the other things, Barton, that I don't want to overlook, a couple of things, the overall economic impact of this event to the city, you know, it's going to bring millions of dollars to the city, not only now, not only North County, it's going to, you know, in hotels and restaurants, it's going to bring volunteers forces in i mean this thing the the term it takes a village is really true no one knows more than you how much work's going to go into putting this on yeah well and one of the um one of the great benefits of bringing this event to town is that it's going to be televised okay that's part of the existing agreement and so um you know a national television audience is going to get to see st louis and norwood hills country club and uh, you know, get to uh, know the golfers better, uh, get to know the St. Louis community better through the announcers and the, and the beauty shots that they can take of the arch and downtown and Norwood Hills Country Club. And, and so the economic impact is, is, you know, far, far reaching. Yeah, it, it's terrific. And then lastly, Barn, these guys can still really play some damn good golf. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, we were he- hearing both uh, Billy Andre and Hale Irwin were sharing stories about when they first turned 50 and were eligible, not so much Hale Irwin, but Billy especially, because Hale was kicking everybody's tail, whether they were the regular tour or the 50-year-old guys back then. But anyways, Billy Andre was talking about how a lot of players just didn't really realize how good these guys really are, you know, in the in the in the, the numbers they were shooting and how low they were going and it's like holy smokes you know i'm not really quite prepared for this <laughs> kind of you know come to that realization and if, you know fortunately for billy he wasn't one of them but man what a great guy he was or is what a great guy he was the other day for this event i mean he just he was a great guy and was so gracious with his time and he had a lot of fun. Too. He really you was, know. and he is a fun guy. You know, I, I, we, we got together a couple hours before the press conference and just chatted. I'm like, man, you know, as you age, I guess this is just a natural way to reminisce. But I'm like, the first time we met, I think we were 17 years old, you know, or 18 years old. And now we look at it, I'm 58, and I think he's 56, 57. And, and man, there's a lot of water under these bridges. Oh, man, no kidding. Wow, what an awesome story. Well, you know, you played at that incredible school, Wake, Wake Forest, and you played at UCLA, which is obviously pretty impressive, to say the least. And, uh, you know, I can imagine that you guys probably butted heads for, you know, pretty much your whole career. Yeah, we did. I mean, we it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing, this golf barn, you know, because you can – how can you have a friendship? But, man, when as soon as the, the tee goes in the ground, you really want to – beat the hell out of one another <laughs> it's that's true sports, it's really man. true that's that's, it, yeah that's it and then i mean i guess hard, try to beat the other person's brains out and then you shake their hand and smile and have a cold one afterwards yeah and that that will be done uh that that is uh it's it's really interesting it's um it's one of those things where we, we, for me you can be really good friends and while you're walking down the fairway in the middle of the competition I don't really feel that friendly towards those guys anymore, you know. And then once the, once it's over and there's nothing else that can be done, you know, you kind of shift gears and go back to that that other state of mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, you know, that's that's sports. It's, it's that's one of the great things about sports. 
competition. You know, you're always just trying to beat that other person, whoever they might be. Uh, but when it's all said and done, you shake hands and, and uh, you know, just be happy that you, you did your best that you could. Yeah. Well, Barney, um, so how can people find out, uh, uh, find out information about this championship? And I know you're going to need volunteers. We're, we're going to work on some sponsorship things and, and to that degree. How can people reach out to you? How can they get involved? Well, uh, my email address is uh, bhinkle at ascensioncharityclassic.com. And thankfully, after our press announcement and our reception in the evening on Tuesday, October 8th, you know, we've had a bunch of people that are already reaching out. Hey, how can I get involved from a sponsorship standpoint? standpoint? You know, here's my company. We want to get involved. How do I entertain my customers and my employees and my clients? And, and, uh, and, and, you know, how do I volunteer? Where do I go? What do I do? Well, we've got a, we've got the, uh, a website when you go into, uh, 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 our website when you after you get a hold of me that you can sign up there's boxes you can check you know sponsorship volunteer uh, you know transportation whatever it is that you want to do and then we'll be following up um, in the near future we're compiling the lists of people who have reached out to us thankfully and thankfully like I said it, it is happening as we speak and we will be following up shortly uh, with information on, on how this amazing community can get behind this event. And, you know, you mentioned the corporate involvement, and I, I mentioned it at the, uh, at the function uh, Tuesday evening at, here at Norwood Hills, is that this is a great opportunity for St. Louis and the St. Louis corporate community to create and build a legacy that we can all be very, very proud of. And it starts with this. And it, it will just build from here. It, this is a four-year deal with Ascension and the PGA Tour for this, this event. However, we want it to be here for good from here on. We don't want it to just be a four-year thing, one and done. We want this just to be the beginning of what's going to be an annual event on the St. Louis sports landscape and that it becomes and is one of the premier events on the PGA Tour champion schedule, I think we're going to do it, Barn. I think the the PGA Championship, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, the PGA Championship last year was a great springboard. It showed what a great uh, golf hungry community we have from golf fan perspective. It also ta- just displayed the corporate citizenship that we have here and how well the corporate all turned out at Bell Reeve. And I'm 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 sure they're going to be right here with us again with the uh, Ascension Charity Classic. Oh yeah, yeah. I have I have no doubt, and uh, I can't wait to get into the into the community, out into the community, and start spreading the word about this opportunity, and and get St. Louis and the and the corporate community behind it, like I know they will, uh, and they've always done. Um, in, in many events that I was fortunate to be involved with, you know, while I was with Anheuser Busch, I mean, people and companies just stepped up, and and. Uh, I'm anticipating it's going to be the same for this event, Jay. All right. Well, that's that's just, I mean, Barney, the only person probably more excited about this event coming to St. Louis than me is Barney. He is just a, a St. Louis and loves it. He is going to, he's so well connected. He's going to just do a great job. Well, I loved his enthusiasm, and you could tell he's not thinking four years either. He's thinking we're going to, we're going to lock this thing down, and this is going to be uh, 
around town for a very long time. I love to hear that spirit, and we'll see what he can pull off. Yeah, he's going to have a lot of people helping him, and um, he's going to do a great job. Um, well, that's going to wrap up the back nine. So stay with us. We'll come back with a little whack and chase and the 19th hole. Golf with Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. I want to thank Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing. There's 90 holes of golf at Whitmore. If you join out at Whitmore, you get privileges at the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, Golf Club of Wentzville, and all the cart fees are included in that membership. There's no food and beverage minimums and no assessments ever. They've got a great 24-hour fitness center, a large pool complex, three tennis courts, a year-round social calendar that is rocking out at Whitmore. There's kids' clubs, junior golf, junior tennis, swim team available for your children. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, a wonderful staff, and you've got to go to the golf shop and visit my friend, Bummer. He is an absolute treat. Don't forget about the golf leagues, their skin games, members' tournaments. Bummer and the staff out of Whitmore are continually running cool and fun golf events for you and your family. Visit their website at whitmoregolf.com. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company is proud to be an official sponsor of 101 ESPN's newest show, Golf with our friend Jay Delsing. Just like Jay, Urban Chestnut is born right here in St. Louis. With three local brewing and restaurant locations, you won't travel far to sample straight from the source. If you're heading out to the links this weekend or if you're just in the mood for a classic German-style beer, grab a four-pack of our fresh, refreshing Zwickel Bavarian Lager wherever craft beers are sold. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Prost! Golf Discount is where St. Louis has shopped for all of its golf equipment needs since 1976. There are two locations in town, one in South County just off of Lee Ferry and one in O'Fallon at Highways K and N. Golf Discount is and always will be locally owned. They employ the most experienced golf staff you'll find anywhere in town. And if you're looking to get yourself some custom fit equipment, go to Golf Discount. They use the GC Quad Launch Monitor. This ensures you will always get the perfect fit you're looking for. Visit Golf Discount today. Sunday equals football and pizza. My choice for pizza is PW Pizza in Lafayette Square. You've got to try their signature pies, and the wings are to die for. You need something a little more formal? Well, head over to their sister restaurant, Hamilton's Urban Steakhouse and Bourbon Bar. I didn't even get to the steakhouse portion. The bourbons are fantastic. Their selection and the dry-aged steaks, wow. When you go, be sure to tell them that Jay Delsing sent you, and you'll get 10% off your order. Visit their websites at pwpizza.com and hamiltonsteak.com. When you hear someone mention a certain bank, do you wonder, is that its original name? Who owns that bank? I also hear the word community mentioned often. Can a bank really be a community one if it's not locally owned and decisions are made for that bank hundreds of miles away? Well, welcome St. Louis Bank into this conversation. They are locally owned and do live in this community. They want to be the St. Louis Bank and are working right now to redefine what it means to be a community bank. Whether you're an individual, someone representing a private company, a purpose-driven organization, or whatever, if you care about your people, your community, and about St. Louis, then we want to be your banking partner. 
St. Louis Bank wants to create something big together. Keep an eye out for our two new locations, one in Edwardsville, opening in March, and the other on Hanley Road at Highway 40, opening in April, both in 2020. You can reach them at 314-851-6200 or go to stlouisbank.com. It's time for the 19th hole on Golf with Jay Delsing. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearly is with me, and we are on the 19th hole. And, um, man, the Barney Hinkle thing, the golf tournament coming to St. Louis. Man, if you're a golfer, I mean, you can't help but smile. If you're a golfer here in town, you're going to just uh, love these next years seeing uh, some of the best players well, in the world. You got me fired up, and I know I'm just um, going to be toting the darn thing, but uh, I'm fired up. Coming out of retirement, we needed to have a show. Do we need to have a show about... A retirement show? Where they retire us? <laughs> coming out, No, it's coming out of retirement show. <laughs> well, first they got to retire us, and then we're going to come out. <laughs> we retired ourselves. Yeah, we retired ourselves a, very much so. Well, let's... Uh, we got a, a version of Whack and Chase. Let's just uh, uh, go listen. All right, guys. It's the favorite time of the show. Whack and Chase is back. Tim is on the line this week. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I'm pretty good tonight. How about you guys? Great, Tim. Thanks so much for joining us. Where are you calling from? I'm out in St. Charles. Beautiful. St. Louis area guy. Good to hear. Uh, what uh, what what question do you have for Jay? Something to help your golf game? Well, I need some help. I, uh, I'm a 64-year-old guy, and I used to play a little more than, than I do now, and I've, I've recently retired. So I want to play more. I was having trouble getting the ball off the ground. Uh, everything I'd hit from a three iron to a nine iron would be line drives. You know, usually it used to be my six, seven, eight, nine would go up in the air pretty nice. Now six, seven, eight, nine, line drives. Um, I I got some new clubs. I had a very nice fellow help me with getting some new clubs, some hybrids, uh, Cobra. And uh, I had to tell him after a while that uh, it, it really wasn't the clubs that was the problem, I guess. Well, he didn't get him for you too short, did he? <laughs> I hope not. Cause well, I, I was having the exact same problem with my, my 845s I had. So uh, it wasn't wasn't the issue with the clubs. It's got to be me somewhere. Well, Jay is over there pondering. I can just see the... The, the concentration on his face. So I've got a couple questions <laughs> that I'm confident once you answer, we'll give him even more input so that he can get you the answer that you need. So first first question, remind me, maybe you already said it, how long, how much golf have you been playing? You've been playing your whole life or pretty recent? Um, I've, I've been playing on and off for, you know, 30, 30 years. I'm, I'm an average to below average golfer. What do you shoot? I can tell you that. What do you shoot? Um, when I when I'm playing you know regularly, you know I might be a bulky golfer. Okay, okay, that's not bad at all. Um, I have had I've had some people tell me you know what I need to do is basically I play left handed and they said quit left handed and go play right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they didn't say quit golf and go bowling. So well, that was they have they have said that too. Okay, okay. we're glad you don't listen to your friends, Tim. Uh, I don't have that many friends now. So, so uh, Tim, I got a couple couple serious questions for you. First one right. is: Do you swear out loud or to yourself when you hit a bad shot? I I, I do both. Okay. I try to get them both in right off the bat. Well, then then one of the follow up questions to that is: Have you ever thrown a no, club? No, I don't. 
I don't throw the clubs. I knew that was coming. <laughs> well, no, he's, obvious, he's obviously not a serious golfer, so uh, we'll, we'll keep no, that in mind. Because no, no. we have a great no. tip if you throw the clubs. You just don't ever want to throw them behind you because then you got to walk yeah. more. Yeah, exactly. No, throw them forward. My clubs. He, his, his deal was he would hit a bad shot, he'd grab my club and throw it. So, <laughs> you know, I have an older brother like that. So that's what he did. One time I went in the pond. So. <laughs> One more question here that kind of, I think, uh, kind of set the tone on uh, how Jay's going to answer the question uh, for you is, uh, do you ever give golf advice to anybody of any sort? Let's see. Well, it's not a quick no or a quick yes, so he's Mm, pondering. No, I don't believe I'm qualified to give any advice. Well, being qualified has nothing to do with giving advice. Being qualified has nothing to do with the giving advice. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Jay Jay settled into his chair, and he's uh, ready to go to solve if you're ready, Tim. I'm ready. So, so Tim, when you hit your your tee shots – do you have any trouble with hitting those on too much of a line, or do you get a nice trajectory with those? I get a, a fair tra- trajectory with those, you know, depending on me hitting it all the time. But when right. I do hit it, it goes it goes pretty good. Okay, don't know and where it's going, but I do hit it. So, um, so what happens when you um, what what you're doing is is uh, it's it's pretty typical. It's a pretty typical. Uh, problem. What you're doing is you're just pulling up with your upper body just a little early. And what I want you to feel like when you get out to play next is I want you to feel like on the top of your swing, I want you to feel like your chest is pointed to the ground uh, like a, a second or so longer. Okay, and so you're mm-hmm. going to feel like your chest is pointing to the ground and your arms from the top of your backswing are going to start dropping first. You're going to want to feel that. I'm not even going to say you're going to necessarily do that, Tim, but you're going to need to feel that because what's happening is that, you know, we're, we're, we're a side-on game. The ball's on the side of us. We're tipped over. It's an awkward swing. We've got to lift our arms and go up around our you know, the, the, our right ear, and then they have to come down. And what happens is if we don't keep turning our body, our swing is going to drill us right into the ground. It's just going to smash the ground. And so we're all real conscious of trying to turn and get through the ball. But if we do that too quickly, we're going to hit them fat or thin every single time. Every single time. The other thing I want you to check out, bud, I want you to check out your ball position. you got to get your ball position with your shorter irons, Start with your 6 and 7 iron. Put a dead center of your stance. With your 8 and your 9 iron and your, I'm not sure if you have this trouble with your wedge, I want that ball back to your left-hander so it's going to go back towards your left foot just so ever so slightly. And then make that swing, feeling like your chest is pointing to the ground just a second longer, and boom, that ball's going to go straight up in the air. Remember, in order to get the ball up, you almost have to feel like you hit down on it. So that this keeping your chest Pointing at the ground just a, a second or so longer is going to help help fix that. Good. Uh, I'll give that a run, see how that goes. Because pretty much when I hit it, all my ball is in the center of my swing. I don't put anything behind or in front. Everything's right in the middle. You okay. know? So I'll give that a, a run where you put it a little bit farther behind. 
Just a just a tiny bit, but the bigger thing, Tim, is that chest, and keep that chest feel like it's pointed straight at the ball, straight at the ground for just a second longer before you start spinning and trying to get out of the way. Got it. Got it. And I then, will try that. And you know how we sign off on Whack and Chase, Tim. <laughs> if this advice helps you, call us, write us, send us money, tell everyone you know. But if it doesn't, you keep sculling those uh, six, seven, eight, nine irons. Tell them we never met. Uh, I'll try it. I'll see what I what I can do. I sure sure appreciate your help, though. Appreciate it, Thank Tim. You. Let us hear from you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. You got it. See ya. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that's going to do it. What a, the whacking chase is just <laughs> uh, just something you just really don't know what these guys are going to say. It's fun to uh, to be plugged into them, Pearly. Um, thanks again for being with me. Me, thanks for keeping us on track. Uh, everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. If you want to get involved with Whack and Chase, just reach out to me, Jay, at jdelsinggolf.com. Hit him straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com, as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.